When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that with the American Family Insurance Home Quote Tool, you can easily design a customized policy for your dream home right from the comfort of your couch. And fun paint fact, there are over 150 shades of white, like Hello White, Fluffy Bunny, Eggshell. They get it. Explore the AmFam Home Quote Tool at amfam.com home to learn more about your policy coverage options. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Products not available in every state. The following program may contain coarse language, violence, nudity, mature subject matter, or scenes which may not be suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome everyone to the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free 800 610 7035 my email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, xzoneradiotv and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. A little bit of news before we get to our guest of this hour. Number one, the new Xzone store is now open at www.thexzonestore.com. You can get all your favorite merchandise uh, from, let me see, the X-Zone Radio TV show, Paragators. I think they have Haunted Kitchens up there, too, as well. Every show that we've done, every show that we do on radio and television is featured at X- thexzonestore.com. That's www.thexzonestore.com. And the Relmar Multimedia app where you can listen to the Exxon Radio Show, the Exxon TV Show, the X Chronicles newspaper, as well as a host of other very exciting uh, parts of this great app is available on the Apple Store, Google Play, and Amazon. My guest this hour is Larry E. Arnold. And uh, after leaving Lafayette College and a career in engineering, Larry founded Parascience International in 1976 to pursue the exploration of 14 anomalies and consciousness. His controversial article published in August of 1978 titled Meltdown at TMI2 
uh, would eight months later be termed by the New York Times uncannily accurate in presaging the future of that nuclear meltdown near his home. An author of three pioneering books, The Parapsychological Impact of the Accident at Three Mile Island, that was in 1980, The Reiki Handbook in 1982, and Ablaze, The Mysterious Fires of Spontaneous Human Combustion in 1995. He is regarded by some as the world's expert on spontaneous human combustion, and consequently by others as a world-class fool. I don't think that's appropriate here, so we're just going to take that last statement with a grain of salt. He is the director of Parascience International, and they're located in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and his website is www.parascience.com. And Larry E. Arnold, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you, Rob. It's a delight to be with you and your audience this evening and doing future broadcasts. Yeah, I've got to tell you something, Larry. After reading your bio and and uh, the information that our research department gave us, you are no fool. <laughs> well, that's so kind of you to say. We will graciously accept. Um, when what was the catalyst in your in your life that that took you away from engineering to the director of Parascience International? Well, we always grew up with an interest in science and, mm-hmm. and studying things that, that hopefully would lead to new understanding and new knowledge. And when we left the engineering profession, um, by that time we were getting interested in, in aspects of, of human consciousness, the metaphysical field mm-hmm. back in the late 60s and early 70s. And part of that interest led us into physical phenomena that seemed to be ignored or facilely dismissed by mainstream academia. And one of those areas that... Um, grabbed our attention rather early was the subject of unusual fire phenomena. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the, the late 60s and early 70s, when we made this drastic career change, lots of people were studying UFOs, lots of people were tracking around woods looking for big yep. and so on. But we couldn't find anybody who was looking into this phenomenon of mysterious fires, which we had read about er- earlier in our life when we were right. about eighth grade. And so we thought, you know, was there something to this body of alleged material about paranormal combustion events, Mm -hmm. or were the writers that we read in our junior high school years making up the stories. We ended up going to the Library of Congress looking for original source material. We found it. There seemed Mm -hmm. to be something absolutely credible about these mysterious fires, particularly those that that consumed human bodies almost to powder in an environment that was otherwise largely devoid of heat and flame damage. Uh, You say we. Who is the we? (laughs) We as a personal reference, we speak of ourselves in the first person plural. I see. All right. I was just a little confusing there for me for a second, but I'm glad we clarified it. Larry, you and I have to take our first two-minute commercial break. Please stand by. Looking forward to this very interesting hour with you, my friend. Exo Nation, Larry E. Arnold is our guest this hour. All of them are. www.parascience.com is the website. And... Um, Parascience International is located in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Once again, www.parascience.com. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates worldwide. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Larry E. Arnold and I will return on the other side of this ooh, two-minute break. 
as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the X-Zone radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, a guiding light spelled L-I-T-E dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. Larry E. Arnold is our special guest this hour, Exonation. He is the uh, director at Parascience International. Their website is www.parascience.com. All right, you were talking about spontaneous human combustion during the intro. And, and what is SHC? You know, how would you describe spontaneous human combustion? This is our definition of the phenomenon which is derived from four decades of studying mm -hmm. cases that fit the definition. Spontaneous human combustion is the 
smoking, blistering, or burning of human flesh in the absence of contact with a known external flame, caustic chemical, radioactive material, high amperage electricity, or nearby radiant heat source. Those are the five categories that mainstream fire science says can start a fire mm-hmm. or cause flesh to burn or blister. If you can rule out those five categories at a fire scene, then you're looking at something that history has called spontaneous human combustion. Now, I, I've heard about it, and I've seen pictures of it, but, I, but, but I've never actually talked to someone who's investigated the phenomenon. So take us, take us through the, the history of uh, you know, spontaneous human combustion, when it was first uh, evidenced, and when has been the latest case of SHC? The earliest account that we have found that fits the definition of spontaneous human combustion in the medical literature dates to about the latter part of the 1400s. Wow. And that involved a knight named Polonus who was observed to exhale flame and was promptly consumed, according to the medical reports that was obviously hotly debated at the time. Could Mm -hmm. that really have happened? In the 17 and early 1800s, this was, again, a very hotly debated subject within the mainstream medical community because people were burning up in an extraordinarily thorough manner um, in in an environment that was devoid, as we said earlier, of the traditionally expected high heat and flame damage. Mm. Bodies were burned more completely than you can cremate a body today in a retort, and yet surrounding combustible materials like straw or, or wicker furniture, sometimes even the clothing on the victim herself was not consumed by the fire, quote-unquote fire, that consumed the body itself. Then around 1850, a German chemist named von Liebig decided he'd conduct an experiment in which he tried to burn a cadaver to see if he could replicate such a scene as had been reported to him and to other physicians. He could not do it, and therefore he said that spontaneous human combustion simply can occur. And his mindset has become the de facto standard ever since the late or the mid-1850s until our research really dug into the phenomena and began to provide not only the historical but the photographic evidence that these kinds of incredibly anomalous, fearsome, frightening fires do occur and deserve explanation. What is the, what is the scientific explanation and how can this be proven to be fact? The scientific, quote-unquote, explanation that is most often proffered to explain away these cases of human incineration is what is called the human wick effect, which is basically the human body becomes an inverted candle, where the wick becomes the the victim's clothing, the, the, the wax of the candle, the tallow becomes the adipose tissue in the human body. And, of course, the body is externally ignited to begin with, and then the the heat and the low-energy flame begins to consume the clothing, which wicks out the, the fat in the adipose tissue. And after many long, agonizingly slow hours, the body slowly immolates to a pile of powder. That's the official explanation. However, we have attempted to do that under, and under controlled laboratory-type conditions numerous times. We can't get the experiment to work to that end. We have watched other experts on television, um, naysayers who say that Larry Arnold doesn't know what the heck he's talking about when it comes to SpawnCom, try the same experiment um, with sometimes laughable failure mm-hmm. uh, to the point where they actually are, are burning down the entire burn chamber on uh, which the experiment is being conducted. And frankly, we say if it were that easy to burn a body almost wholly to powder, 
why do not crematorium operators, who after all are businessmen who need to make a profit during the service that they're providing a client, um, why don't they just take the cadaver that is brought to them, lay a lit cigarette on it, walk away, you know, have lunch, come back a couple hours later, mm-hmm. and they're going to find their their customer, so to speak, is now a pile of dry powder, and they don't have to spend $120,000 on retorts and cremulators and fuel oil and natural gas and air filters and all that stuff. Right. The fact is, they can't do that. So we really do believe there's a, there's a solid mystery here. When we've spoken to fire investigators, arson investigators around the world, we're amazed first about how few of them actually know that such a fire scene can exist. Most of them have never heard about this in the fire service training. Uh, and when we show them photographs of some of the classic cases that we've been able to research personally, they're just blown away. Um, when we've spoken to the, the, the Los Angeles Fire Department, for example, mm-hmm. we've got words like bizarre, astonishing, astonishing, and amazing, and awesome. Um, they're unprepared to know that people can burn more thoroughly than can be accomplished in a crematorium's retort, and yet surrounding, as we said earlier, surrounding combustibles like um, hay, clothing, um, furniture, and so on, even um, ceiling directly above the, the, the point of combustion that consumes the body, is almost wholly devoid of heat and flame damage. Let, let me ask you, have you yourself actually seen right up close a human torso that has actually been been the subject of spontaneous human combustion we have seen the aftermath once the the fire scene has been cleaned up by the first responders mm-hmm. we have not yet been able to get to a fire scene quickly enough um, to actually see the ashen remains in situ. However, we have been to, as we said, fire scenes shortly after the initial cleanup is done, but before the fire scene has been significantly disturbed, other than having the ashes shoveled out of the fire scene itself. And we can attest that these fire scenes are incredibly astonishing, incredibly bizarre, and make no common sense whatsoever. To the, to the first responders, which is oftentimes how we find out about the more recent cases. They, 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 they know of our mm-hmm. research, um, and when we contact them, they say, Larry, we, we, we're just we're just them. We do not understand this. Come on out to help us understand what's going on here. Which, as a researcher, we really value that kind of an opportunity, because we need facts, we need data to sure. help us and others understand how these extreme human immolations can occur, how they can be explained, and hopefully someday how they can be prevented. So how do these, these, these SHCs self-combust? That's the $64,000 question. What causes SHC? Mm-hmm. In our book, Ablaze, we, we explore more than 100 possible theories as to how this might be explained. We submit firmly that these fires cannot be explained conventionally by the human wick theory, unless, with this one qualifier, if there is a biological condition in a small percentage of the human population that makes their bodies highly flammable, much more so than is the general population, then maybe we can look at some kind of you know external ignition source that utterly consumes these people. That aside, then we need to look at something that is far beyond what mainstream fire science teaches its arson investigators and firefighters and first responders, whether that leads us to explore new avenues in biochemistry mm-hmm. in the body or bioelectrical phenomena that would cause the body to emulate to the extreme extent that our research proves that can happen, whether looking at geophysics, 
cosmic energies, other kinds of energy in the in the body that Western medicine does not yet recognize, such as Kundalini and Ki. Um, all those we believe can be certainly seriously considered as possible causes to explain these human incinerations that we've documented in our book of Blaze. Tell me what what is your what is your fascination with uh, SHC? Uh, initially, our fascination was that this became a, or was to us, appeared to be an unexplored, totally ignored phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Once we concluded that there really is a bona fide serious mystery, a serious anomaly, a real Fortean event here, the more we tried to gain understanding and talk... Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. At Wendy's, we make breakfast better. Like with our breakfast baconator. Better from top to bottom bun. Savory sausage patty? Better. Crispy oven baked bacon? Better. Fresh cracked egg? Better. The breakfast baconator might just be the greatest breakfast sandwich of all time. So you can keep settling for not better, or you can get a better breakfast from Wendy's. Tough choice. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's Better Breakfast. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. With firefighting experts and were rebuffed, turned away, or simply told that we can't help you because we don't know anything about what you're asking about, um, it, it became all the more intriguing to us. When we met with a senior fire investigator in the city of Philadelphia, we had several cases that occurred generally in his jurisdiction, mm-hmm. and he told us that he had no files to show us because what we're asking about simply doesn't happen. When we put photographs on his desk and explained to him the situations that existed when these photographs were taken and how the bodies had been consumed so wholly without the presence of an accelerant, we said to him, you're the expert. You tell us as the expert in fire science how you would explain these fire scenes to us. His response to us, we shall never forget it, was this. I'd go out, I'd get drunk, and I'd forget about it. When we have leading fire scientists Mm -hmm. take that kind of an attitude, throw that against us with an iconoclastic nature to begin with, then we're really intrigued and really captivated by what we believe is a true mystery here that is being ignored by by mainstream fire science and mainstream medicine in general. Have you been able to get samples of human ashes from these scenes and uh, put them to any scientific testing? And if so, what have been your, what have been your results? Oh, we wish we could answer that affirmatively. We certainly have tried to do that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, A, oftentimes we do not find about the cases quickly enough um, in order to obtain you know, samples right. um, from, from the limb, the, the, the lower leg, the upper 
shoulder or arm that is left intact uh, for analysis. Um, the closest we've probably come to that occurred a year ago out in Oklahoma. Um, in February of that year, a gentleman named um, Danny Van Zant died in a fire that certainly fit the concept, the definition, the criteria for spontaneous human combustion. We're in contact with the local fire um, authorities and the county sheriff almost immediately. Um, by the time that we got out to Oklahoma to conduct our on-scene investigation with the department's full cooperation out there, um, the body clearly had been removed yeah. and um, was not available to us. Uh, but the rest of the fire scene was still intact. We were hoping to meet with the next of kin of the victim to you know, not only obtain information about his medical background, his history, but also obtain samples from inside the house, which is still obviously standing, given that this was a SHC-type fire. Um, however, the next of kin adamantly refused our access to the property, and eventually we demanded that the local fire department burn the house to the ground wow. in a controlled burn experiment. And even though the chief attempted to get samples for us before the controlled burn occurred, he was unable to do so because of scrutiny by the next kid. All right, stand by, Larry. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Larry E. Arnold is our guest to this hour, Exxon Nation. Parascience International is his organization. He is the director. Their website is www.parascience.com. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. My name is Rob McConnell, and I would like to tell you about a very special lady that I have the pleasure of knowing, and that's Miss Sylvia Anthony. Sylvia Anthony believes the golden years are a time to gear up and get busy, not relax and take it easy. She has faced many hardships in her 84 years, but they have made her stronger and more determined. As founder and president of Sylvia's Haven, a shelter for women and their children near Boston, Sylvia has helped transform over 1,086 lives in the past 27 years, not only with housing, but also providing direction as to where they can go to develop the earning skills they want and need to live free from difficult domestic situations. Sylvia's Haven is everything to Sylvia Anthony, even calling it her magnificent obsession. Women who qualify for the program at Sylvia's Haven receive assistance via guidance counselors to find the appropriate job opportunity. Women and their children may remain at the housing for up to two years. At the end of this time, or sooner, a woman who is successfully employed and has an apartment or home may leave Sylvia's Haven to begin a new and independent life. Now this is where you come in to help make Sylvia's dream into a reality. Sylvia's dream is to have a Sylvia's Haven in every state to help as many women and their children as she can and to help this dream come true. A crowdfunding site has been established which can be accessed at www.sylviasdream.org. Now that's www.sylviasdream.org. With your financial help and support, Sylvia Anthony will continue to help those in their time of need, not only in the Boston area, but with her dream of having a Sylvia's Haven in every state of the United States. Your help is needed to make Sylvia's dream come true. Please visit and give at www.sylviasdream.org 
once again, www.sylviasdream.org. And remember, the only difference between a dream and reality is just doing it. We need your help to make Sylvia's dream come true. Visit www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. For the Exxon Radio TV show and the X Chronicles newspaper, I am Rob McConnell. The following program may contain coarse language, violence, nudity, mature subject matter, or scenes which may not be suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. Larry E. Arnold is our guest this hour. His website is www.parascience.com. Larry, in your investigation into the um, spontaneous human combustion, have you been able to determine any common threads between all the victims? The common thread is that all the victims are human. That's it? Beyond that, beyond that no. Um, they do tend to be elderly. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not find that particularly surprising. The, the, the human body tends to deteriorate with chronological experience. And we expect things as a person ages to go haywire biologically. Um, that said, the youngest victim in the database is six weeks, a toddler in a, in a crib. There's a possible set of cases from India last year in which the victim may have been only a few days of age, but we're not willing to, you know, stake our sure. reputation and research on that one yet. At the other extreme, the oldest in our database is a Hindu holy man said to be 114 years of age when he was found sitting in a lotus position on a straw mat with a blue-green flame, quote-unquote flame, emanating from the region of his solar plexus, his lower abdomen. And when the process had completed, he was said to have been consumed to powder, and yet the straw mat on which his body had been seated was itself untouched. How many cases of SHC have you people in your database? Repeat the question, please. How many cases of uh, spontaneous human combustion do you have in your database? We're getting close to 500 now that fit the definition of the concept of spontaneous human combustion, Mm -hmm. which is quite a large number for a phenomenon that officially doesn't happen at all. Given that those cases um, span several hundred years, if not thousands of years, because even though, as we said earlier, the earliest medical report Mm -hmm. that we found dates from about 1470, if you look at the legends and mythology that the Romans, the Greeks, and others have left to us, we can find accounts in their traditions that certainly fit the definition of the concept of spontaneous human combustion. All that said, 500 cases, perhaps some more, divided by the number of people that have been alive over the last several hundred years means that this is an incredibly rare phenomenon. Have we found all the cases? Certainly not, mm-hmm. because this, as we said earlier, is a, is a phenomenon that oftentimes the local investigators 
either don't want to deal with, right. and so don't give us the information that would lead us to suspect that this is not a normal, conventional fire death, mm-hmm. but something that's really extraordinary that, that is of interest to us. Why do you think it's so necessary to investigate this phenomenon if it's a total rarity? Well, it, it's not probably as rare as the, the, the numbers would lead one to believe. Mm-hmm. As we said, we, we have strong evidence that there are cases that we simply have been unable to cover because they've been covered up or not reported accurately. Um, we had a state police fire marshal here in Pennsylvania tell us that he had been he had heard of fire marshals who actually ordered their people not to take photographs of these kinds of fire scenes because they simply did not want to deal with them. That said, um, there is a there's there's a real mystery here about the the human physiology, human biology, perhaps even involving human consciousness, um, associated with these very bizarre fires. And even though they're they're unusual and rare, um, we may be able to find a great deal of valuable information by studying them. Let's go back to 1988. CBC's The Fifth Estate uh, documented your research, and a medical examiner called all so-called evidence that was collected for SHC a hoax. Do you remember that, and what's your response to him? We remember that episode very, very clearly. The the person who made that statement was Dr. Lester Adelson. He was a a medical examiner for Cuyahoga County in Ohio. Mm Mm-hmm. And he looked at photographs that we had amassed documenting these incredibly localized human combustion uh, fire scenes. Right. And he said these photographs are hoaxes. And the question was put to Dr. Adelson, well, on what basis do you declare these amazing photographs to be hoaxes? His response was, because the human body does not burn like this. Therefore, you can't have any real photographs. Therefore, the photographs are hoaxes. Well, we happen to know who the photograph, who the photographers were for several of the cases that he was that he was looking at. They were newspaper editors. They were professional fire photographers. They were not hoaxing these mm-hmm. photographs back in the '60s. Uh, this was before Photoshop and computer sure. technology would allow you to do that. So, Dr. Allison was was showing to us, even though he claimed to have written and researched the subject of spontaneous human combustion. He was showing to us his clear bias and his overwhelming ignorance and unwillingness to look at evidence that was being presented to him. Rather than say, these are amazing photographs, I've never seen anything like this before, please tell me more, I'm really curious, I want to learn something. His curiosity, such as it was limited, immediately shut down any any opportunity to, to learn something about what he was looking at by simply denying that the photographs could depict real fire scenes, mm-hmm. which they did. What, what is the reaction of the general public towards uh, spontaneous human combustion? Is it uh, an interesting topic? Do you get a lot of inquiries about it? Uh, do you, how, do you, how do you react to skepticism? The general public, and particularly the fire service and medical mm-hmm. community, still deals with the subject with a great deal of apprehension, denial, dismissal, and xenophobia. They're really frightened by this. Um, it challenges what they have been taught and what they think they know that the human body can and cannot do to itself. We, on the other hand, say, 
we think we know what the human body basically can do to itself, and the photographs that we have of Mary Reeser from 1951, Dr. John Bentley in 1966, Helen Conway in 1964, and in fact, Danny Van Zandt from last year in Oklahoma, tell us otherwise, that you can deny this all you want, but that's not going to make the evidence go away, and it's not going to help you learn um, how these fires occur and how they may be, be able to be prevented, how lives can be safeguarded. So let, let me ask you this. If you've got the fire officials and the medical community basically shrugging their shoulders and say, oh, well, you know, it happens, it happens. We're not interested. Why are you so interested? Well, I guess it comes back to that iconoclastic nature of ours. And we'd rather, rather than deny mm -hmm. um, the evidence, we'd, we'd try to discover something about the evidence that we have amassed. Um, it's a toss-up. You can you can be in denial or you can be on the side of discovery, and we're going to opt for the latter. What are you hoping to prove? What do you, what is your ultimate goal when it comes to your investigation with spontaneous human combustion? Well, we can be flippant and say we we'd like to get a Nobel Prize in medicine and perhaps physics for mm -hmm. for the documentation and the evidence that we've amassed. Um, beyond that, we we really do believe at some point that. The evidence, there's going, there's going to be a case, either the volume of cases that we have amassed and continue to collect, or there's going to be one specific event that is so overwhelmingly public that it can't be denied. And then much as happens in science, it becomes, oh, we knew about this all the time. Um, Go on. We'll, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just, we'll get to a point somewhere, if it's not us, uh, uh someone down, down the line in the future is going to come up with the evidence that is going to finally convince everybody in the world that spontaneous human combustion is not superstition, it's not a myth, yeah. it's not something that can be facilely denied, but it's real. It happens, and someone's curiosity is going to finally come up with a solution or several solutions, and consequently, knowledge is going to be advanced. And I guess that's our, that's, that's our ultimate goal is to advance knowledge by studying a, an incredibly bizarre, and yet for us at least, mm -hmm. utterly fascinating subject. I, I can understand your fascination with it because it, this is your passion. But in the big scheme of things, we have global warming, we have, yeah. we have drought, we have illnesses, we have you know, crisis going on in the Middle East, we have uh, you know, the, the tensions between the East and the West revamping again. Do you really think that, that John Q. Public is going to share your enthusiasm for the subject? If John Q. Public chooses not to, we're not going mm -hmm. to be too offended. We would like to see mainstream fire science and the medical community, though, take a, a much more serious interest in this. Um, what causes the body to produce temperatures that appear to be in the range of 3,000, 6,000, perhaps even 8,000 degrees Fahrenheit instantaneously, and yet of such short duration that surrounding combustibles never reach their ignition points. Um, we might be looking at a new source of energy here that may well, yeah, to yeah, or, the body, or, but can be applied to the general population that would eliminate nuclear power, nuclear fission reactors, perhaps. Um, now we're talking global warming issues. Yes. I, I can see that, but when it comes to the to the actual event, 
Besides the case in India that that you talked about, uh, where this 114-year-old man was seen with a blue flame emanating from his, uh, where was it, from his... um, Abdominal region. Abdominal region. Have there been any documented cases, videoed, uh, photographed, while the spontaneous combustion was actually happening? We know. We we know of one <clears throat> alleged case mm-hmm. uh, from India, in which a lady named Anna Marino was said to be emitting a bluish purple light from her breast, mm-hmm. a flame, if you will. And this was allegedly filmed by the attending physicians. We have been unable to track down the location of that footage if it still exists. This was back in, uh, if memory serves, in the thirties. Um, so we, so basically we spoke, so yeah, we basically spoke to witnesses mm-hmm. eyewitnesses but we, we we don't know of any other footage video or still of the process actually happening now now let me person. just let me just play the devil's advocate here the the okay. wit, the witnesses that you've talked to mm-hmm. okay they they actually saw the event take place in some cases yes have they been subjected to any uh, lie detector tests they have not have they have they been investigated to see if they could be part of a perpetration of a hoax? Um, in the broadest sense, we are answer no. Um, on the other hand, there are certain facts mm-hmm. when we began our research that were not known to the general public, and the the witnesses that we were privileged to meet with and have mm-hmm. them tell us about their encounters, yeah. their observations. We're giving us facts that were not known to the general public that would only have been known, uh, were very obscure, would known, only have been known to a dedicated researcher such as ourselves. So that's kind of one way that we can look around, you know, right. getting away from the, the hoax um, scenario. Also, we have, um, and this, this comes from um, Canada, uh, we have medical practitioners who have been eyewitness to, to this. The, the Canadian case happened in Brockville back in 18, probably 1828. 1828. 1828. Okay. I was attested to by a Dr. Peter Schofield, um, who wrote it up in the Canadian Medical Journal. And it involved a, a town drunkard, which is interesting because at one, at, at one time it was claimed that all victims of SHC were drunken sots, which mm-hmm. is not statistically valid, but nonetheless. Um, the gentleman was observed to be standing in a widely extended silver-colored blaze. And um, when Dr. Schofield came upon the scene, he... he spoke with the eyewitness to the event who described this silver-colored flame. And Dr. Schofield himself observed the fire scene and said that there was no fire in the shop where the event occurred, neither was there any possibility of fire having been commuted to the victim from any external source, mm-hmm. and as he said, it was purely a case of, his words, spontaneous ignition. Wow. Here's a question for you. You, know, you, you were telling us about the two cases in India. Both those cases were witnessed to have a blue flame. Yet the case in Canada, in Brockville, going back to the 1800s, was a silver flame. Now, if these three cases were all spontaneous human combustion, would the flame not be the same color? One might think so initially, and this is one of the the deep challenges of the research that we've done. Mm -hmm. We have not been able to find a consistent set of facts that link all the cases together. As we said earlier, other than the victim being human, Mm -hmm. we're kind of at a quandary as to finding any commonality. 
most of the witness cases do report a bright electric blue-colored fire, like you'd see at the tip of an acetylene yeah. torch. However, we do have um, what we believe to be credible reports of silver-colored fire, white-colored fire, blue, blue-green, purple, even gold. Wow. Tell me, are there any cases of animal spontaneous combustion? There are. And if, we, if we believe the witnesses, there mm-hmm. are, yes. Happens to dogs, cats, farm animals. Yeah. But once again, when it comes to tangible evidence, next to none. And that's one of the challenges of the research that, that uh, has consumed 40 de- four, four decades of our life. But, a- even, but after four decades of research coming up with next to nothing, don't you find that frustrating? Well, we certainly wouldn't say we've come up with next to nothing. We don't have, as we said, we don't have... The smoking we gun? We don't have videotape of the President of the United States or the Prime Minister of mm-hmm. Canada standing behind the lectern going up in a puff of smoke. Uh, when that happens, if it happens, um, mainstream fire science and medicine is going to say, oh, we've, we've known about spontaneous yeah. human combustion all along. Um, until then, we, we need to look at the, the scores of photographs that we've amassed, the documentation that we have collected by talking to the first responders at these remarkably bizarre mm-hmm. and unusual fire scenes, and based on what we have accumulated over that period of time, um, it really does speak, unless you want to be in absolute denial, as was Dr. Adels and so many of the debunkers that we unfortunately have to deal with, it really does speak to a real phenomenon. All right, you and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. Larry Arnold's our guest. He's the director of Parascience, parascience.com. We'll be back right after this break. Don't go away. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com, and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com that's www.wentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Larry Arnold is my guest to this hour. We're talking about spontaneous human combustion. Larry is the director of Parascience International that's located in Pennsylvania, and their website is www.parascience.com. Besides, uh, besides spontaneous human combustion, Larry, what else does Parascience International investigate? Well, we're certainly best known for our research into pyrophenomena, specifically spontaneous human combustion. We're also personally interested in areas around the planet that repeatedly produce or host unusual, a collection of unusual Fortean phenomena, the so-called anomaly triangle areas. We have been in the Bermuda Triangle several times. We've come back each time. Um, so there are some strange things that happen down there, mm-hmm. uh, but not everybody who goes into it obviously disappears. Um, we found a similar area that is a true triangular area in north-central Pennsylvania, uh, in the northern part of our state, that is defined, defined by at least five thermal anomalies, where water will freeze in significant quantities during the summer months when it's 80, 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. But during the winter months, when the rest of the terrain is, is, is covered in snow, these mm-hmm. five areas remain ice-free. And in and around that triangle of about 27 square miles in area, a number of other Fortean phenomena have occurred, including the 1996, I'm sorry, 1966 spontaneous human combustion of Dr. John Irving Bentley that occurred in almost in the middle of that Pennsylvania triangular area. We're also intrigued by reports that we find to be quite credible and almost as unusual as spontaneous human combustion involving large winged avian creatures, so-called thunderbirds. How many reports of thunderbirds do you get a year? Very few. Really? <laughs> No, no more than we get a spontaneous human combustion. Um, another extraordinarily rare phenomena. Uh, you need to you need to develop the confidence and the trust of the witnesses to come forward and talk about both sightings of thunderbirds, because birds aren't supposed to have wingspans of fifteen to twenty feet. Ornithologists will tell you such a bird doesn't exist, just as you know, fire sci- yeah. fire scientists will largely tell you that sure. SHC doesn't exist. But it, but in a, in a in an age in society where the technological advances are are as such as everyone has a high definition video camera in their cell phone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how come there are uh, are there any any photos or videos of these thunderbirds and and why hasn't anybody caught? Spontaneous human combustion on video yet? We'll address the latter. Um, we're hoping that someday and hopefully soon that will mm-hmm. happen, as you say, with the proliferation of, of cell phones and cell cameras. Uh, hopefully somebody's going to be at the right place at the right time yeah. and, and, and capture this evidence on film as it occurs. Just like the and Bigfoot people. Yep. <laughs> And um, once again, when it comes to spontaneous human combustion, uh, the fact that, well, what evidence do you have that, it, that it's real? 
We've got about a minute here. Yeah. I, I, need, I need for you to convince me or give okay. me your best shot that it's real, not a myth, not a legend. To, to quote Dr. Mark Benecki, who's a forensic biologist, mm-hmm. this is his argument as to why SHC cannot happen. He says, in forensic practice, there are no known cases in which internal organs of a burned corpse were damaged more severely than the outer parts. Therefore, SHC doesn't happen. The photographs that we have collected specifically, let's say, of Dr. John Irving Bentley here in Pennsylvania in 1966, in which no internal organs were left, period, hmm. refutes Dr. Benecki's arguments that SHC cannot happen. All right, but that's just one. That's just one member of the medical community. Well, we we we, we could spend we could have filled the entire hour um, with you giving you similar quotes like okay. that. All right, Larry, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Continued success and uh, Exo Nation. If you'd like more information about Larry Arnold, his website is www.parascience.com. That's www.parascience.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply. Stop. 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 The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.